Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Welcome to the podcast, conscience that made us, interviews and stories, tales from the bus, we love taking you back to when it all went down, the greatest live shows and that cheering crowd sound, it's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. Hey, this is Frank Fletcher. And you're listening to Concerts That Made Us. Will the week's all done? Throw your fingers up. Cause we've had a Chasing that dollar on a nine to five Got a shirt in my toolbox I still got my boots on She's a wild one that likes me this way That's all she had to say We're just rolling Rocking through some old hikes Slinging Alabama dirt on the four-wheel drive Singing country four can't survive We're just cooling Talking what we're doing Got a cold 12 pack with my girl by my side And the sun just drives me wild We're just rolling Well, I got her in the fields In the middle of a cornfield Yeah, she's sitting on some big wheels Long hang legs in the full moonlight She slides on in Yeah, she's shifting gears She's got no fear that way, that's all I've got to say. We're just rolling, rocking to some old time. Slinging Alabama dirt in the four wheel drive, singing country boy can't survive. We're just cooling, talking what we're doing. Got a cold 12 pack with my girl by my side, and the sun just drives me wild. We're 
Frank Fletcher, you're very welcome to concerts that made us. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you now. I'm looking forward to diving into your music. So you released Rolling on the 23rd of June. What can you tell us about it? It's definitely a summer banger. That's exactly what it was. Uh, it was meant to be. Uh, you know, some of the songs on our upcoming EP are, are very emotional and and have a lot of meaning to them. And and uh, this is just not one of those songs. This is one of those songs that it's a, like you said, it's a summertime banger. It's just about cutting loose and having a good time and and uh, true to life for for I think pretty much anybody that grew up in the South. I mean. Uh, pretty much you get off of work and you go drink beer and you ride dirt roads. I mean, that's, that's about all there is to do in South Alabama. Right, right. You know, how do you approach writing a song like that as opposed to a more serious, heartfelt song? Is there much of a difference? For me, the serious, heartfelt songs actually come out easier because you can get in your emotions and, and, and you know, just pour it out on a, on a piece of paper where, you know, trying to write the fun songs it's a little bit harder for me because it's it's uh, you're less connected to the song. I get you. And when it comes to songwriting, then how do you get to the point where you're happy to walk away and say, yeah, that song is finished? I don't know. I don't know if you ever truly are ready to walk away from it, but it's like a it's like a painter. I've, I've I used to paint a lot when I was younger and, and I've hung out with painters and they're always afraid to to start doing too much. Cause if you get, if you try to get too perfectionist with it, then you wind up ruining the whole painting by trying to do too much. So, um, some of my best songs actually were the ones that just popped up in like the middle of the night. I wrote something down on a piece of paper and came back and, and like five or 10 minutes later, the whole song was completely done versus I've had some songs where it's taken me, you know, two or three different writing sessions of just banging your head against the wall. And it, it just seemed like it just didn't want to, to manifest itself. Yeah. can be a, a fine line, I'd imagine. And this track in particular, then what was it like when it came to recording? What went into it? Oh, it was just fun. It was just, like I said, it was a fun song. Um, so uh, me, my guitar player and my, my drummer, actually all three of us, Wesley Brown and, and Ben Bird, we all three got together and, and wrote it um together so it was uh it was fun for for the whole band to to get together and have a piece of it you know overall the whole process what's your favorite part is there a part that you're you really look forward to and then is there a part that you're like oh this just feels like work the best part is playing your new song out live and and seeing a crowd reaction you know if i can get people up dancing to an original song or or even if they've heard it three or four times singing you know, singing your song back to you. Um, to me, that's, that's the coolest part. Um, and worst part, honestly, laying vocals in the studio is the most tedious, mind numbing, uh, you know, and I, I think most vocalists will probably agree. I don't know. I don't know of anybody that really, truly likes laying vocals in the studio. It's, it's pretty nerve wracking. I could imagine. I could imagine. And what do you hope people get from this track? I just hope they can have a good time with it. I hope they 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 enjoy it. It lightens their mood. Uh, they want to party or you know cut loose while they're listening to it. It's just supposed to be a fun song. Um, so hopefully people can have fun when they listen to it. 
Perfect, perfect. I uh, I don't think it'll be too hard for them anyway. And, you know, I'll, I'm always intrigued about how singers, how musicians find their style. So what was it about country rock that attracts you? So I grew up in South Alabama, but I was a rocker for years and years and years. I had a party rock band. I traveled the circuit um, and I tried my whole entire life to not be country, even though I grew up. In South Alabama, I grew up in my granddaddy's car garage. I listened to country music growing up. And then when guys like Jason Aldean and, and Brantley Gilbert hit the scene, um, rock music had kind of already taken a, a downward turn. A lot of the venues were closing and even rebranding this country. So I really, you know, when when Brantley Gilbert and Jason Aldean, got, those guys came out, I was like, this isn't country. This is 90s alt rock with with country lyrics. And I was like, I, I can do that. And then when I started going down that road, I was like, this just feels more natural. Uh, it was just more authentic for me to kind of, kind of mix the two. Um, and it's just been a, a growing process, you know, since then trying to find my own, my own sound as an original artist. Um, so I think we, we kind of mix in the, the nineties rock with the, Brantley Gilbert, Jason Aldean's side, and they even try to pull in some of like the Texas country. Like I, I love Cody Jenks is probably one of my favorite artists right now. And and so we try to mix in a little bit of that Texas red dirt sound too. I feel like at the moment it's definitely country is definitely on a, a turn. It's kind of back in the forefront more and it's becoming cool again. Well, country has its so many different subsets, you know. I mean, there's so many different styles of music now that is considered country um so i think it's just a, a really wide wide spectrum you know and and then you can go from there um but i mean if you if you listen to the radio and you're flipping through stations i mean basically it's either country or or like r&b and rap i mean there's there's a few rock stations out but um i don't i can't think of any really really big big new rock bands that are out doing like major major tours you know there's one or two but but you think about how many new country artists are out just over the last year that are out doing big big things so i, I think that's just where the industry is right now yeah true true and we'll uh we'll dive into your early influences to give the listeners a sense of where you come from so it's a bit of a tricky one can you remember your earliest musical memory <laughs> my earliest musical memory was um I think it was probably the early 90s. I'm talking about like 90, 90, 91, maybe 92. But there was that song Wild West. And I don't know. I loved my parents said I loved that song. I remember running around the house singing it. Um, but then I started taking guitar lessons when I was about 12. And I was actually really big in, into the blues. Uh, Disney Channel was pushing a lot of artists. And there was a guy named Johnny Lang. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a blues artist. He was a teenager at the time. Um, and he was on like the movie Blues Brothers 2000. Um, so I was I was big into the blues. But like I said, I, I grew up listening to everything. So 90s. 90s country, 90s rock. Um, I, I'm just kind of a melting pot uh, of a bunch of different influences. Um and it, honestly, it just depends on my mood or where my head's at as to which way I lean. I've written songs that are 
hardcore rock. I've listened, I've written songs that are blues R and B ish. Uh, it just, I mean, it just kind of depends on the mood I'm in. Yeah. And you know, did you grow up in a very musical household and was there support for music at home? There was support for music, but nobody in my family is musical. So, uh, me and my mom used to go to a lot of concerts when I was younger. Um, that was kind of our, our bonding experience. Uh, a matter of fact, we just went, uh, week last week, last Wednesday, we went to go see, uh, Kenny Wade Shepard in, uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. So that was the first time we've got to go to a concert together in a, in a good long while, but it was cool to have a mom date night and go to a concert like old times. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice segue out of all the concerts that you've attended. What ones would you say have made you? Hmm. Stage presence wise, like I said, I was a rocker for a long time. I got to see Creed, Seven Dust, Kid Rock, and Metallica in concert when I was, I think I was probably 14. And that one has always stuck out. Um, one of the craziest shows I've seen had, that's always stuck out in my head was I, I got to see Cher in concert. And uh, that was like a Las Vegas show. You know, I mean, it was crazy that she had people flying o- overhead and, you know, 15 costume changes and stuff. So that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, but I mean, here lately, we've been really blessed to get to open or play, be on the same ticket with a bunch of these these bigger national acts and and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the respect that I have for it now, doing what I do and, and getting to to see that is is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you're playing with guys like that, what do you learn? Honestly, the biggest thing I've learned out of out of playing with national acts now is either how not to act or how to act towards other people and your fans and things of that nature. Um, you know, I've always been extremely grateful for anybody that comes to see us play. Cause I realized that if, if we didn't have support from our fans and family and friends, we wouldn't have a career. Um, I've seen some of these guys that have, have forgotten that along the way. And uh, just in my opinion, it's not a good look. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Now, I'm really looking forward to this. For any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can you tell us about it? Give us the full experience if you can. We are extremely high energy, uh, extremely crowd interactive. uh, And you cannot come to one of our shows and not have a good time unless you're just trying to not enjoy yourself. Right, right. And, you know, out of all the gigs you've played in your career, is there one that you revisit as maybe the best experience you've had? I don't know. It probably changes throughout the years, you know, just because we 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 do play. We play close to we play anywhere between 180 to 230 shows a year. So um, trying to narrow it down to one is, is crazy. But uh, last year it was really cool. We're getting ready to head up to a. Uh, to Sturgis for Sturgis bike rally here. Uh, matter of fact, we leave Thursday. Um, we're going to play in Minnesota first and then go ahead and go on up to Sturgis. But last year, uh, big and rich was in concert in Deadwood, South Dakota. And we were playing a bar right around the corner. And, uh, we had met the keyboard player slash DJ DJ Sinister the year before. And 
met the drummer at the time, Keo, and well, we look up and we see the DJ Senator walks in the bar after their concert, and then the new drummer Sean walks in, and then I'm like, holy crap, there's the bass player and there's the guitar player, and so basically the whole band was there except for Big Kenny and and John Rich, and and uh, we actually let them get up on stage and and they played three or four songs, and you know we hung out with them, and that was that was definitely a cool experience. Um, it's cool to see guys that are at that level that are willing to come, come, you know, hang out and, and just that old school jam session kind of style. It was, it was fun. That was a cool experience. Yeah. That's hard to beat now. And to switch it around then without mentioning names, is there an experience you've had that is maybe the worst and how did you deal with it? <laughs> uh, I was just talking about this gig to somebody uh, the other night and it was, uh, I mean, it was early on in my career, but I had this this lady that was going to be our booking agent, and she promised us we were going to make X amount of dollars, and we drove all the way to this show, and and then all of a sudden she couldn't make it to the show, uh, conveniently. But we get there, and it is a you pull up, and you're like, oh my goodness, what what did I just get myself into? Um, to the point where they even had like. <clears throat> There's no other way to say it. They actually had corn playing on the on the TVs inside the bar. We we're just like, oh my goodness. And uh long story short, we drove about four hours to get to this gig. And at the end of the night, he tried to pay us $30. Oh my God. Yeah. So and I mean, we we've gotten we've gotten some other, you know, situations where the pay, you know, there were some discrepancies and, and stuff like that. I mean, that happens especially early on in your career, but but just the whole situation, the drive, the venue, the, the people that were there, then the pay. And it was just, it was interesting. It was a nightmare. He just say you didn't go back there. So <laughs> no, no, that was our one, one and done there. Jeez. And you know, when it comes to your stage show, being a front man, how do you work on it and make sure it's constantly fresh and exciting each time? So and unless we're opening for a national act and unless we have like a set time slot, um, most of our shows just over the years, we've traveled so much and everything that a lot of our tourist places, you, they want you to play a four hour set, no breaks. Um, so we've adapted that. We play four hours at all of our bars, just the smaller venues, you know, stuff like that. Um, so we just, we don't make a set list. And, uh, I've learned I've learned over the years, the smaller the crowd, the more interactive you become. Um, and almost to a point where you're like less musician, more comedian. Right. And then the bigger the crowd, if you have a big crowd, then you can put on a concert style show and the energy's there. You know what I mean? You're not having to pull energy from the crowd. So well, like just last weekend, we, we finally, we, we just play this place called Latitudes. It's a Margaritaville um, retirement resort in Panama city beach, Florida. And I got to looking at the crowd and, uh, I just told him, I said, we're, we're going to throw the set list out the window. And I just started going table to table. I'd sit down at the table with people and be like, Hey, what do you, Hey, what do you want to hear? Um, so the fact that we're just kind of free flow keeps our show very fresh. We don't, you, you're not going to hear the same. If you come see us two or three nights in a row, you're not going to hear the same show. Now you might hear some of the same songs just because people request, the same songs a lot, but I don't even know what I'm going to say next. So it's hard to, 
to tell you what what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you know, the moments before you step on stage, do you have any pre-show rituals and then afterwards do you have any post-show rituals how do you psych yourself up and how do you calm down um most of the time um depending on the venue uh before the show i actually walk around the crowd and i start talking to people i just try to get a vibe for the crowd i get a feel that way i'm i don't feel like i'm starting cold i kind of feel like i understand the room um like i said unless we're playing all original show or, you know, we're opening for a national act, but, but if it's just our, just a, just a venue, just one of those four hour shows, I get out and then me and the guitar player, we normally do a shot of Jaeger together. Uh, so we, we pregame just a little bit. Then afterwards, how do you, uh, wind yourself down? Like I said, we have a extremely busy, busy schedule. So most of the time after the show, it's, um, breaking down, loading out getting loaded into the trailer and then driving. So we don't really have much of a, an after show calm down. It's more like, you know, get everything done as quick as we can so we can get to the next spot or, you know, the hotel so we can at least catch four hours of sleep before we do go do it all again. Right. Right. And when you're on tour, then what kind of antics do you get up to any wild partying, anything you can actually talk about? <laughs> All the fun stuff we got to keep under wraps, um, but no, most of the time when we're on tour, we're uh, we're really, really, our schedule is super tight. Like Sturges, we've got days where we play three shows in one day, three different venues, three different shows, one day. So um, when we're on the road, we're we're trying to do as much as we can as it, it, while we're out. But I do like to get out and about. So like uh, if I'm in Key West, I'll go try to go paddle boarding or make friends with one time we made friends with some people and we wound up out on, out on a yacht, um, you know, Deadwood. There's a lot of hiking and it snows and, and stuff like that. So I, I like to get out and about when I can and uh, enjoy the fact that I get to travel as much as I can in between shows. Yeah. Yeah. It's understandable. And something I'm always intrigued by is, you know, you play, probably the show of your life on a Friday night. You wake up Saturday morning. It's kind of back to reality. How do you deal with the feelings? Luckily, we are we are super busy, so it's just time to get ready for another show. But I actually have had quite a few Mondays where we've done like a Thursday through Sunday run where it's it's just uh it's it's hard it's hard to get out of bed. It's hard to get moving. And, it, and it's just off of the simple fact that our shows are four hours long and we are super crowd interactive and high energy. And, and so you do that for four five, six days straight. And then you have a day of just downtime and nothing and quiet. And it's just dealing with all the other emotions that you shut off during that time. It's a bit of a culture shock, I'd imagine. And, uh, you know, when it comes to your career, then how do you measure success? You know, when I started, when I started and I decided that I wanted to try this, uh, I did it for about a year full time. I've always played, I played my first bar when I was like 14, but I didn't really start taking it serious until, uh, probably about seven or eight years ago. And, uh, I traveled for a year and I was able to pay my bills for a year. 
and I paid my bills and, and I didn't fall flat on my face. And that's when I was like, okay, well, I think we could try this as a career. Um, so since then we've slowly, you know, been climbing the ladder and, and building success. And, and, um, to me, success is just being able to do what you love doing on a daily basis and, and, and being able to take care of yourself, provide for yourself doing it. Um, you know, uh, having a fan base and, and people that support you, uh, just help re- make you realize that you're on the right track and you're, and you're doing things right. You know, is there anything on your, is there any items on your bucket list or is there any achievements you want to make sure you hit along the way? Actually, this trip to Sturges, I'm, I'm actually getting to, and I couldn't say it earlier cause the contract, the, the ink wasn't dry yet, but, um, we finally booked full throttle saloon, which is a big deal for Sturges. And, uh, they actually have a TV show that I grew up watching. I'm, I'm a biker myself. I, I ride and, and I, I religiously watched that show when it was out. And I actually think that they, they just started recording last year for a new series. So I, I think it's, it's back out, but getting to play full throttle saloon is, is definitely a bucket list, um, check mark that, that we're getting to take care of. But other than that, I'm just honestly, I'm I'm grateful for any opportunity that I get, and uh, we're happy to just be climbing the ladder and uh, building success as we go. Jeez, man, that sounds so exciting! I actually wish I was over there to go to it. And uh, you know, before we dive into the last couple of questions, then what's your future plans for the rest of the year? Anything big coming up you can tell us about? Um. Well, this this run is probably going to be our last big big run for the for the year. Um, I do think that we've got some, some more shows where we'll be na- opening for some national acts. Uh, the contracts are still in the works. So, you know, I can't really say too, too much, but, um, about this time of year, I already start looking toward next year. So I'll be for the rest of this, for, for the rest of the year, I'll, I'll already start booking for, for next year. Um, start trying to build, build, for, for that cool cool right we'll uh we'll dive into the last few there are a few interesting ones but we'll start you off easy if you didn't work in the music industry what would you be doing i grew up in my granddaddy's car garage so i would probably be turning wrenches um tires brakes front end alignments you know that type of stuff right right and if you could see any musician from history in concert for one night only who would it be whoa um that one's rough there's so many (laughs) yeah there's so many um i would almost have to say uh probably elvis just for the fact of of what he did for the the industry as a whole can't argue with that at all and this is an odd one now. If you had to spend 24 hours locked inside a room with any musician from history, who would it be? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to double down. I'm going to say Elvis again. <laughs> right, right. Good one. I wouldn't mind spending that uh, 24 hours with him myself. And the final one. So what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. 
probably if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. Right, right, perfect. So, listen, Frank, it's been a blast now. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. enjoyed this episode if you did please rate and review us on itunes and spotify and if you're interested in signing up the band builder academy use the link in the show notes below and enter the code concerts and you'll receive 10 percent off so until next time keep rocking hey hey what are you guys still doing there the show is over it's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.